0: Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding your motorcycle with your buddies on the open road. It's a potent cocktail of thrills, laughter,
1: and pure adrenaline. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio.
0: Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy.
1: I'm real proud of you, son.
0: Well, that was terrible. Our apologies for even trying. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
1: All right. Welcome to Week I said no, it's episode, especially episode two. We like really on three and four, but we we but <laughs> yeah, we well, but we're just happen. talking about how we're <laughs> archaic and trying to figure out this podcast stuff. But yeah, it's actually episode two, week two of the NFL. And we're back. So myself, Amon Green, the host, along with my co-host, my good friend and buddy O'Poul, Mike Wall. And uh we're here to talk Packer t- football week two against the Lions. And so we got a lot of, we got the we got a lot to sound off of. So we know they won the game big, you know, 35-17. And then looking around the league, we saw, you know, I say just looking in a division, the Bears, they kind of – they 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 were the Bears. Uh, They had – they played well, started good, but didn't finish well. And then Dalton obviously is out. He tweaked his knee, you know, scrambling a little bit, and now Justin Fields is in and something that the city has kind of been chomping for. But, you know, for – you know, as as players, we, like, look at it as like, look, the guy got – you know, from our opinion – The guy that's going to be the incoming quarterback got to earn it. You know, he can't just earn it through injury. So I did see that the Bears said Dalton is still still their guy until you know otherwise, until they get basically he gets beat out.
0: Yeah, but you see, AG, you remember what they so so Nagy had his press conference, right? And a guy asked him a direct question about it, and he and he deferred it, and he he said something about he said something about scheme, which was kind of a weird. What he was really saying was, listen, we have to run two different schemes because these guys have different talents. But he said, he said scheme, and the guy, you know, they kind of went back and forth. But then he, then he went and sent, like, an intern or his PR guy back into the, the, the press conference really? room to clarify his statements. Oh, yeah. So, it's a it's a typical Chicago disaster. But, you you, you know, the thing that's interesting about Fields, yeah. to me at least, is, firstly, super intriguing. Yes. He showed the preseason. he teleathletic, But right? you're having – so, now you're you, – you've had but, – but not only that, you have – veterans on the team, and then you have guys like Briggs, Olin Krutz, guys that are like reviewing their stuff, you know, doing TV shows in Chicago. They're saying, hey, this guy can play. Like, this guy can make plays Mm -hmm. for us. So once you get the – like, the veterans are going to tell you, hey, it's time to move on, right? yep. And so the interesting dynamic is, you know, everyone right now is on Matt Nagy, but it's like, if it's me, if if I'm just a betting man here, right, Matt Nagy probably wants to play Justin Fields it's probably the fact when the ownership, the general manager, somebody else, maybe it's Ryan Pace, maybe it's the ownership, but the fact that they paid Dalton like $10 million to be the starter before they drafted uh, Justin right. Fields, that's got to have at least something to do with the fact that that dude's not playing right now because he's so much more dynamic, and we already know what Andy Dalton's been for. I, listen, I hope Andy Dalton plays the rest of the season because the Packers are going to be in a much better position if he's playing. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> but but no, you know what? Yeah, but, you're right. But the <laughs> truth is, like they, they don't even have like last week you know they're not even moving the pocket when Justin Fields comes like they're not they're not even no. game planning for the opportunity for him to show up and play so right now it's almost like I would if it was me and I'm in that me and I I'm in that locker room I'm in that media I'm thinking that Matt Nagy has his hands tied right now and he's not allowed to play that right. kid because otherwise you'd at least have some stuff and you'd have some stuff baked in for when Andy Dalton gets hurt and Justin Field comes in he's going to have a a different package. Right.
1: And and for me as a coach cuz we both coach I would have that package ready to go regardless of what I what I can't do, you know, having my hands tied because uh, Dalton is the highest paid player at that position that we got to play. Like I'm going to just have it just in case because injuries happen as we know. And you know for me I was in this situation in Seattle you know I was a rookie, and by the time trading camp was over, it was clear, even though he was a great running back, but he was ten years in. And it was a young Amon Green and then a young Ricky Waters. You know, great running back. You know, you know, he's Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame potential. Obviously didn't finish out his career the way it should have. But by the time, you know, I'm coming in by to my own learning the playbook, and he's the highest, he's the twenty-five million dollar running back at the time. And so of course, Cortez Kennedy, like you said, teammates. Cortez Kennedy. Uh, Mike St. Clair, are walking up to me during practices. Hey, G, why you ain't started? I'm like, hey, I'm a rookie from Nebraska. <laughs> Y'all got to speak up for me. I'm not saying a thing. I'm just trying to keep my job. You know, I'm a special teamer right now. You know, I'm, and I'm on practice. I promise you, Cortez Kennedy, go ahead and say it. Right, like, hey. and he did. You know, it, it was just it was just like, <laughs> i was like, thank you. You know, but I was still the backup. You know, I was still the four, you know, special teamer. But that's the situation. That's the part of the game that as athletes, we see it. Now, fans don't hear that. They don't hear they hear it later, maybe if we bring it up in an interview. But that is another part. That's the part of the business. Like you got the best player, obviously, right staring at you, and it's obvious you should play him, but from a contract and business and who's paying who's getting paid what, um, well, we gotta go with Dalton right now. You know, so that's it, that's the thing. But and like I said, as a coach, I'm ready for all scenarios. You know, I'm like, okay, I got a in my back pocket, I got a small package of formations and plays. That, that Justin Fields, I, I talked today, I talked to Ohio State and I said, look, okay, these are the plays that I need to know that he can do because if he, if a Dalton gets hurt, which most likely happened, in, in, you know, it was game one, he was getting beat up. So at least have that in the back pocket. So I just say as a pro, Nagy should have, you know, he one thing, he, I'm, I'm just surprised he missed that because, you know, it's football. Guys get hurt week by week. And then we go on to the next game. We got the Saints. Okay, the Saints, you know, stomped the mud hole. In the Packers last week. That anyway, that's what it looked like. They stopped this mud hole, but then they get they get stopped this week, you know, against the Panthers. And when I'm, I'm 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 liking what I'm seeing with the Panthers. Obviously, they already have you know Christian McCaffrey, but they got Darnold from the Jets, and he's like basically got that chip on his shoulder now, which obviously is uh granted because he got drafted by the Jets, played the Jets week one, kicked they butt, and then the, then here in week two, um, mm-hmm. what we're going to talk about here with uh the Saints offensive line, you know. You know, getting basically manhandled, You know, now now is a different pocket for uh, Jameis Winston. You know, he didn't have that pocket that he had the week before, where he could sit back, pick apart a defense, and then make his throws or or take off and run. You know, he had a whole different pocket in that backfield against the Panthers, from uh, from what I saw and what I from the highlights I saw. So
0: Yeah, man, I I studied that tape yesterday, and it was amazing. There's a couple things happening.
1: First of all, the Saints did
0: such a good job against the Packers, and we talked about kind of the. One of the weaknesses, maybe, of the Packers right now is their is their ability to rush the passer. Like I know Rashawn Gary had a hit uh, their first sack they had of the season last night was by Rashawn right. Gary, but it was off that ball that the Jared Goff actually the ball slipped out of his hand and fell down. Right. Like, they're not rushing the passer very well. The interior of that line was getting pushed around by the Saints really bad. And then what you saw is the difference in the game in the Saints game versus the Panthers is the Panthers have so many different guys and they're all like they're all shifty. They have like you know 90, 95 big yeah. guy. Everybody else is yeah. shifty. So they got so many guys up there that can rush the passer from different places. If you don't have your communication down, Pat, man, there was free rushers coming literally everywhere. Jameis Winston did not yeah. hit him. And the difference in the game, and you can see because Jameis Winston reverted back to Jameis Winston of yes, last indeed. year. I and saw year that. Before yep. Because, yep, because they took the opportunities and capitalized on those opportunities early to get a hold of him. Right, they got him on like the third play of the game. They're pressure, and all of a sudden, those times that we mm-hmm. missed, like you got to remember, we had Kenny Clark had him dead to rights. He yep. scrambled. Preston Smith had him dead to rights. He got rid of the ball. Rashad Gary had him dead to rights. Mm-hmm. Right, he 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 broke contain and ran for a first down, and not and, and ran into our safety. Yep. Right. So the, we talked about it last week. Those are three big plays, and now when you get to a guy like Jameis – and you're showing that you can break down that mm-hmm. pocket because it wasn't that they were getting beat one-on-one. It was that there were so many free rushers. Right, because of right? the ETs. Deer in the right, in headlights moment. That's right. Well, ETs, they're running, but their blitz game is legit yeah. now, right? Like, they've run, they run a couple tackle-tackle games. They run a couple ET games. But their dogs and blitzes, and not knowing where they're coming from, they stacked the two linebackers in the A gap. One of them's coming, and they always you know, seem like you know, back in the day, Ag like you. Be, you remember when Lance, L- Briggs and Erlach used to sit in the A gaps, but they were already designated which one's dropping, which one's yeah. not. The new thing in the NFL is whichever way the center steps, the other guys come. Wow, right? So that's tough. yeah. So it's different now. Yeah, it's different. It's definitely different. So these guys are getting they're getting free rushers now. Okay, mm-hmm. and. Again, once you get a guy like you know, James Winston has been well coached now, he's been through this process, but you're gonna see these slip ups if you're gonna get to a murder. That's just a fa- that's just how life is, man. You revert back to kind of that lowest level of training that you have. Yeah, right? you panic. You, you, you don't panic rise road. to the occasion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. panic. who was it? Um Articulus from the, the Greek philosopher said you don't
1: rise to the occasion, you fall to the lowest level of your Basically. training. You go right? over, yeah, yeah, you Ar- go back to what you yeah. know. And what he knew was basically, yep. okay, um, I'm getting hit. I'm getting pressured. I, I can't get the ball out. And he was holding the ball. And, and then I'm not running either. It's like because the pocket is collapsing instantly. And like you say, those free rushers, when you see a free color, when it's not your color coming at you and you're not ready for it, <laughs> and usually quarterbacks are not ready for it, yeah, you get that uh, that situation that the Saints and so and, and Jameis had um, for that whole game uh, for the Saints there and the Panthers. So, yeah, that was interesting to watch and, and see some of that the highlights there. So so post game, you know, we're talking here, why the pack are or are not in a good position moving forward. So we look at the NFC East or the NFC West eat their own, you know, they beat each other up. And it's been going on out there for uh years now because the 49ers they've been up, you know, when they were down, now they're they're back up with uh healthy players. And then the Seahawks has always kind of, you know, Pete Carroll's done a great job, fantastic job, you know, with his team overall, um, keeping Russell Wilson healthy. You know, having good offensive linemen and a good brand game, you know, and then, um, you know, Tyler, uh, Kyler Murray out there and in, in, in down in Arizona. And so that, that conference overall, like you said, it's kind of like, it's another, it's kind of like what we used to be in the NFC North. We used to beat each other up. And so by the time, you know, we would get to the playoffs, we'd be 10 and six or nine and seven and happy that we're getting in because of this, how yeah. our division was back during our time, you know, with the Vikings at that time, they had Randy Moss and that, you know, good defense and the bears, Urlacher and Briggs, like you mentioned, but then a, a decent offense that could put up points and win, but it obviously was all the defense too. And then we had our offense and defense. We were probably the most balanced team in the in the division at that time because offense, we could score points and defense, we could shut a team down. And so, uh, and then the NFC, you know, looking at the South, what are your thoughts there coming out the South in terms of eating their own? <laughs>
0: Well, it's yeah, it's 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 the same thing, right? You know, you look at Sam Darnold's playing at a really high mm-hmm. level. Okay, the 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 Panthers are probably a top ten team right now. They're sitting at two and zero. Yeah, I look
1: at them.
0: Buccaneers are the Buccaneers, right? Greatest of all times playing Amazing. for them. The Saints are, are one and one. The only team that's the only team that might not win a game this year is if, I mean the Falcons look objectively awful. right? They just look they yeah. look terrible. Okay, but it's just like the NFC, like the NFC West has three MVP candidates right now. Right. Like Garoppolo is literally the odd man out. He's really, he's a pretty good player, but they've got, you got Russell Wilson, you got Matthew Stafford, you Murray might be the MVP right Right. now. Right. So it's, it's kind of the same thing. You look at the NF, the NFC South, where you just have some really strong teams. The saints are going to be there in the end. They're going to be fighting for a playoff spot. You know, the the bucks might go undefeated this year, the way they're playing. And then you've got a Carolina Panthers team. And I'm just telling you the Carolina Panthers defense is a problem. Like they're a big time problem, and now Sam Darnold's a—you you got a competent quarterback. Christian McCaffrey's a superstar. They—they mm-hmm. they got DJ Moore, right? They got some guys on out on the outside that can play ball. They have a decent offensive line. I mean, that's a—that's a team. So they're when we say you're going to eat your own, what what that means is like all these teams just might go one on one in the division, right. right? So we're always thinking like playoff situations, like if the pack, you know, the Packers right now, they're one on one. They're one to know in their division, right? All we got to do is win the division to go to the playoffs. We're looking for home seeds and et cetera, right. et cetera. But you know, you start you got to start looking around. Like, are the Packers a top four or five team in in the NFC as it stands right now? I don't know the answer to that question. It's probably too early to tell. But you look around the league, man. Cardinals look good. Niners look good. Rams look good. Bucks look good. Panthers look good. You start going, man. There's a lot of good teams in the NFC, but on. Fortunately for everybody else, until somebody proves otherwise, the Packers really don't like the Packers should go undefeated in their division. There's nobody that really should beat True. them. Uh, you look at Minnesota, Detroit, Detroit, and Chicago. Man, they shouldn't lose a game, and so that changes the dynamic of just by schedule of what's going to happen here. And when you talk about, you know, we're, we're a
1: long way from it. four months from it. we're looking down the road at playoffs. Right. What what that means? Right. Right. I mean, because you got you know the teams that. So you look at at the West, you know, those players, those players, obviously, like you said, the MVP players and the teams overall, they're in their groove. You know, they're playing tough team, you know, like this Tennessee game with the Seahawks. Even though the Seahawks lost, they're, you know, Russell Wilson looks like midseason form. He is chucking that ball around, hitting his targets. Same with Kyler Murray. He's, He's being just as dynamic as a Russell Wilson, I mean, as a Lamar Jackson. You know, he has the speed element along with the scramble ability as well. And so when he gets out in the defensive backfield I mean he he ran the ball the other day on one of his touchdown runs like a running back where he once he got to close to the goal, goal line he sped up to get into the end zone he was going to take a contact hit going in and so when you have a guy that's that's a that basically has that type of no, no I say no fear you know as a runner being a quarterback that's a a, a special player you know to have your um in your def- offensive hey, backfield you,
0: basically AG you got to love uh the, what the Titans did to turn that game around in the second half, putting the ball in Henry's hand like what thirty yeah. plus times. Yeah, and it was like
1: what good yeah, and, and it, work, just, it just to me it was like what it, why did it take so long? Because that should be, <laughs> I mean, you 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 know no, sometimes right, as right. a coach, you know what bread, you know what butter's your bread, and it's like why hesitate to go to that right away? Get to it, you know, make it be known, and 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 they did it at a time. Obviously, you know, obviously he had enough time to make the make the adjustment. Because, they, you know, the, Seattle's defense has been, you know, pretty stout, pretty stout throughout the last, i say, five, six, almost ten years, you know, since their Super Bowl runs. And, you know, you got it helps when you got that leader, Bobby Wagner, on the defense. He's the quarterback of the defense. He's the leader, motivator, and he's a thumper. And so when you got him back there, he could get everybody in position. He could motivate them. He could do what he needs to do to get that defensive line and be where they're at. And so that's why that was a problem. But um, what's his name? The, the coach for Titans, uh, Vrabel. He got the hammer. Ray, Ray, Ray bro has a hammer, and when you have a hammer like that in the backfield that can literally take over a game, which you've seen him done it before. My thing was, why did he t- why did it take to the third fourth quarter? You know, you should have been doing that first second half already, and and and, and, and just being smart about when you give him the ball, just because of you know making sure you don't tire him out for the fourth quarter. But obviously, you know, coming in the third quarter, obviously, say you know he has him a, a fresh back, a pissed off back you know, get in the rock and say, hey, look, I'm going to put y'all, literally put y'all on my back and we're going to get this win up here in Seattle and, it, and then get back to Tennessee.
0: So. You, you know how that works too, though, right? When 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 a team's like, you're down 7 to nothing, it's like, all right, we'll stick to the run game. You're down 10 nothing, I'll say, okay, we'll stick to the run game. Now you get down 14, to, you get down 14 touchdowns. All of a sudden, no matter what the coach said in the locker room, sometimes like you know this better than anybody. Sometimes they're like, oh, "We got to start passing the ball," and they change who mm-hmm. they are. And I thought one thing: if you just look at that from 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 variables perspective, it might be a defining moment in their season right. this early on. Because despite being down like they were down in the second half, they're like, you know what? We're just going to live and die with what we're good at. Right. And. And the, the willingness to kind of go back and go, you know, we don't need to run, we don't need to, you know, do this play action and drop back pass. Let's just stick to what we're good at, and we're going to live and die by it. We're going to mm-hmm. live and die by that sword. I thought that was a big deal for that team because you know their defense isn't very good. They're going to give up points, but what's the what's the best remedy for that? Run the football, keep, keep that That's clock it. going, keep that offense on off the field, off right? field. So that I think that could have been a big deal, and and. And Ag to transition into the Packers game now. One thing that just jumped off the screen for me in, in their first drive was they they found Aaron Jones again. Yeah. Oh,
1: <laughs> oh, we got yeah. this guy. Oh, we, we like got this guy. That they
0: yeah, we like. Oh, he we he don't, he could touch the ball more than thirteen times or whatever they did right. last week, right?
1: Or was no, it wasn't it even was, that. It was like six, like times. six or seven. So, five. yeah, five
0: times. It was, uh... I'm sitting watching this game. And of course, you know the first thing we talked about Kevin King last yeah. week, and I mean, did you? I don't know. They, they actually, they, <laughs> the first big play of the game, he almost fell down the line of scrimmage. Exactly. The like, guys having some. I you could tell, and this is where like we, we have fun with it, but you could tell he's got some confidence issues that he needs to Definitely, work through right now. I agree. Clearly, right? Yep. And they and they are still absolutely awful at communicating switches. And understanding who to ID and pick up players out of bunch formations, right? Out of stack formations, they are—they are really, really bad at being able to do that. But on the offensive side, they immediately went to the run mm-hmm. game. They used the backs in the passing game. Scored very, very—I mean, it was just like, oh, you're like, oh, okay, this is—we're back in 2020. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And then that—remember that one series? Then the next series, it like we're back at shotgun, throwing the ball around. It's like, and it—it it sputtered yeah. out again. And I'm just going, like, why, why, why do we keep trying to be cute, man? Just stick to what right. it is. And Aaron Jones had a big night that side. So, again, it's one of those deals where maybe from a play-con perspective, they came back and they said, all right, listen, let's live and die by what we know works and what we're good at, and we can figure the rest out along the way because we're still not hitting that deep ball. We're still not doing a lot of things that, like, you kind of see Rodgers usually mm-hmm. doing. But as long as you've got a defense like the Lions – Playing too deep, cover four, cover two, zone coverage, no eight man boxes. When you got Mercedes Lewis as a blocking tight end, you've got Dylan Jones, all these guys are extra off. Yeah, dude, I mean, you got that's all you can eat. And what the Lions are saying is what I don't think you'll run the ball all the way down. Yeah,
1: you're not gonna run it every play. I think,
0: and I think, and I think if you do, you're gonna get a holding penalty. You're going to get impatient. Something's going to happen. I just don't think you can go 90 on us, mm-hmm. right? And, sh- hey, sure enough, we could do it. Yeah. We could do it. And then what happens is they start creeping up. People get desperate. They change their philosophy in mid- mid-game. Blow it wide yeah. open, man. And
1: then the thing from them butt formation, like you mentioned, the Packers are using also using the motion, something that, that we talked about already and something we've seen in the past and um, seasons before, is that they use the little motions. You know, I noticed on the two or three of those touchdown uh, run and pass where it was a it wasn't a bunch formation. It was like a tight split with a slot receiver and outside receiver. And then Devontae or Aaron Jones or Tunyon come over to make it a bunch formation. And then they obviously, you know, now Aaron knows, okay, it's man coverage. And now like the one touchdown reception for Aaron Jones where he he ran. He basically did a power step. He stepped to the right. And they come back left of the formation, all the way across the formation. Now that linebacker has to bust it and cover him. And you're not going to, a linebacker in the middle of the field is not going to catch Aaron Zones, you know, headed to the outside, you know, headed into the wide nine area, basically. Right. That's not, that's a win. And so once, once you start, and I saw that the whole game, I saw where it either they would either start in bunch, you know, but actually both teams did this, Lions and the Packers offense did. They would either start in a bunch mark formation. And then motion one of the guys, one of the, uh, i say, bottom guys of the of T the or the triangle, the triangle top guy. And left or right guy will either motion out to the wide side of the field or motion to the short side of the field just to, you know, show and, and find out what the defense is running. And that, obviously, for Aaron, being a quarterback, you know, that he is, he can then big. And then he knows where where to go with the ball instantly when he sees that man cover, especially when the play design was set up like, like the touchdown reception that I think was the third third or the second touchdown reception for Aaron Jones out of the backfield. You know, with him coming with four touchdowns, three receptions, one rushy, um, that just showed they understood, Matt LaFleur understood along with Hackett, you know, what type of defense, you know, they were going to play mostly man, but zone every now and then. And then obviously, like you said, the defensive backs or linebackers in coverage panicking because they had, in one instance, they had a pass interference that was a ticky-tacky one. It was tight, you know, but it was a young DB that actually subbed in because one of their, you know, other DBs was out for the year with a torn Achilles, but still, that one it was touchy. It was like he just put his hands on him as the ball got there, but it, it, it either you know, either part of the call, it's a pass interference. So that was some, you know, some little tidbits that I you know I paid attention to throughout the game, and then you know, going into you know how the line of scrimmage was controlled. I remember one play that Gary, you know, you talk about swell the tackle for the uh, Lions. Gary was all in his chest on one of, of several plays, mm-hmm. and where he, as we said, as we call it when we we're playing, he had he had a, he had a high heel or he had a, a ice skates on or skates. He ended up skate, skating all the way back to Jared Goff's lap. So I saw Gary kind of coming to his own a little bit, you know, with Zadarius being gone with the back injury being on IR. So Gary was able to get some plays where he could just use his power, you know, that gets that makes him um, inside. I say. Uh, off the line of scrimmage, you know, linebacker, d lineman, you know, to where he could be do uh, a dual threat for that defensive line.
0: Yeah, man. You think about it, when he was at Michigan. I mean, he was a you know he was a top recruit when he was at mm-hmm. Michigan. What was the, always the the knock on him was kind of like he the, the production the numbers right. weren't there because right? of his size. The numbers probably. weren't there. You know, not being a- yeah. Maybe he maybe he was one of those tweeners. He's a little bit and yeah, he's certainly a little bit bigger now. But you see his dimensions, the length of his arms, his explosiveness. Yep. Now I got to say this though. When Sewell came out from Oregon, he took that that year off, and he was going to be a top draft pick. I watched this guy, and just thought, man, this guy needs a lot of work technically, right? Right? And then they moved him over. Now, luckily, he got Hank Fraley as a line coach. Hank Fraley is a great okay. line coach, former former center for the for, for the uh, for the Browns. He was a, he's a really he was a great player. He's really really good line coach, and he's got that that group playing at right. a high level. But they put him over at right tackle in the preseason. And he looked. I mean he looked awful. And he struggled. The problem is, I don't know what happened, but man, they put him back over on the left side and he's playing really, really well. So, you know, one of the questions going into the game was can we get a pass rush on Goff? Because we don't expect it from the inside, guys. So we're either gonna have to either bring extra or we're basically saying can Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary win against if they can win against Sewell, that's great. Right. Right? Sewell did had a pretty good game outside. But that means the backup right tackles, in. I think his name is Matt Nelson from Iowa, mm-hmm. and they needed to beat him, right? They needed to make Goff feel pressure because we know that that Goff can't play football off schedule. No, he, if you get him off his drop-back spot. He's a drop quarterback, right? right? If you get him off his spot. Yeah, if you get him off his spot, he is not a good player, at least at this point. Mm-hmm. So we answered some – like we did the things we needed to do on that side of the ball, to get some turnovers to get him to make some mistakes. But you know, it's like anything else, When you see the game early on when we're not getting that pressure, when we're not when we're not winning that line of scrimmage cuz I thought that I thought the Lions came in, especially you know the first couple drives, they're doing a really good job of moving the ball, run pass, mix it up, keep Goff on schedule. Right, keep him out of third and long situations. He had a one-third long. We're rushing three. They got they're protecting him with five or six. He literally had twenty-five seconds to throw the ball. Right. Yeah, you know, there's just some things still where defensively, work, it doesn't look great. We're not winning one-on-one matchups when we have one-on-one matchups to win. But you know, the big story here is ultimately the Lions don't have the talent required to compete at Correct. that level. Yep. Right. Like, just if you just look – and we can just take Goff and, and Rodgers out of it because that's a mm. given. But if you just look up and down those rosters – and, I like, they brought over Brockers from from the yes. Rams. The They Yeah, they, they, have some, they have some players. But if you just look at their roster, they should never be able to compete with the Packers if the Packers are playing good, sound football. And I think it was just a, a matter of last night – they're going to come out with Dan Campbell. They're going to play really, really hard. Their offensive, and defensive line are going to try to control the line of mm-hmm. scrimmage. That's what they see as the strength of their team, is their is their kind of their trenches and, the, yeah. and their toughness. So they're going to come out with that emotion. They're going to come out and, and they're going to they're going to come off the ball. They're going to do a good job stabbing, stacking, and shedding on the defensive line. And they did a really good job for about a quarter and a half. But eventually, you know how yeah. this goes, man. Like once the emotion wears off and you got to play ball they just don't have the talent required to compete. Correct. And it, it, maybe it's just a matter of time. I don't know. But they just – it looked to me last night was like, man, th- these guys just really don't have what it takes to play against a top-tier team, which is exactly what the is. Right. It's are. just
1: attrition set in, you know, where you have those players that play to their best ability, you know, and then that was it. And they already had injuries coming in on the uh, defensive back end, the defensive back backfield back there right there, and then it showed. So having – You know, I say the players to make the plays, to put the pressure on Aaron defensively, but then offensively to protect golf, keep him on his spot. You know, that obviously because I remember the first quarter watching the first quarter where, you know, it was everything was on time for the for Jerry Goff and the Lions offense. They got 14 points on the board. Then once that 14 point happened, that was kind of like it. You know, there's like that offense, that defense was kind of where that's what that was their best. Because, obviously, they played a great effort against the 49ers last week, put up 33 points, still lost by a touchdown. But that, from a coaching standpoint, that's a big effort. But when you actually look at it now, going in, you know, carrying trying to carry that over to the next game against another good team, another playoff-caliber team in terms of the Packers, yeah, it didn't sustain. You know, they got the 14 points, and then they got to – they didn't kick that field goal until the third quarter or, 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 or fourth quarter, I think. So until that, that's what you, and that's what you're talking about. It just – that that was it. The best players that they had on that field, they could get to that 14 points and then they couldn't hold um, the Packers offense. even though it wasn't a dy- You know, it wasn't a completely dynamic design of run plays and pass plays, but it was plays that knew that, you know, LaFleur knew seeing the motioning that Aaron could see after, you know, a guy would stop and move then they knew, okay, we could beat them on this play. It was just a crossing, you know, simple crossing routes that they were intertwining instead of with a, a receiver doing with Aaron Jones out of the backfield, which I hadn't seen a whole lot of, but smart, you know, smart play design there. And then another little clip I saw, you know, running the overload offensive line formations, either with a tight end or a wide receiver, all on one side of the line of scrimmage, something like we did with U7, you know, with Big Kevin Berry, our U71 package, but now they're using either Alan Lazard, they're motioning him over. When he already has Tunyon on one side and a tackle on that same side, and they either have the wide receiver sit right. in a two-point stance, or they have the tight end, or just a straight-up double tight end set with Tunyon and then Sternberger over there, and then they're doing the run play. I know the run um, run that Aaron Jones had his one uh, touchdown on the goal line was that formation. They motion into it, and so that right there is something I say to the watch. I said I'm gonna watch throughout the year to see how that formation works for them, and that's gonna be one of their go-to formations because I know right now, with and I saw the um, I think it was the Ravens run the same thing when their their game-winning play with Lamar Jackson and their quarterback power. It was the same formation. They had caught Kansas City with three of their D linemen on the right side of the line, so they were outnumbered. You know they got Picard, the big mm-hmm. fullback, who's you know three fifteen. I didn't realize he was like over three hundred pounds, but he's three fifteen. You yeah. back. Oh for, man, he's it's a monster, huge. Right? You know, yeah. but then you—that's an extra <laughs> lineman, along with the guys that you mm-hmm. already got blocking up front. So you had five linemen out. You know, and two defense linemen um, for the Chiefs, and then a linebacker who's off the ball. So that's a win. You know, if you you could just fall and hit your head on the goal line, basically, and that's what what said Aaron Jones did. Yeah. What. What are the biggest plays in the NFL for the last five
0: six years? A lot of teams just call it the kick play. What they'll do is they'll run two tight ends or two tight ends in a wing, like a, like like a Lazard or a, or a mm. tight or a wide receiver mm-hmm. on one side, and they basically will hand the the running back the ball off as a downhill play. But everyone's kind of just washing that side yep. down, and then they're just going to bounce it. And the the commentary is, "I bet that my running back." Because who's got to make the play then? The cornerback's got to come up to the line of scrimmage, yep. right? Maintain his leverage, have a same foot, same shoulder strike to that near hip, and stop him at the line of scrimmage. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the running backs, not named Richard Sherman, are not, <laughs> you, and Jerry mean, Ramsey mean, will do you it you too. Mean actually, defensive
1: backs, defensive backs.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Defensive yeah, backs, uh, except for Sherman, and you know he was, he was great sure. at it. And then Ramsey, yeah. these guys, they're not going to make that play. So they're saying, "Hey, I bet you Amon Green." Can run right through that that cornerback's uh, tackle for at least five yards, if not more. It's one of the most popular plays in the league, yeah. right? And so you just see these different these different variations of it. One thing that was super interesting for me last night was so Patrick's out with the yep, injury. Okay, he was questionable for the whole So right? we got a chance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we got a chance to see uh, Runyon's kid in playing left oh, okay. guard. And again, this isn't. Uh, the most talented defensive line we're going to see. Uh, this isn't probably the top half the most talented defensive lines we're going to see, and they and they were playing, right? They are playing a lot of cover two, cover four, yep. two shell. You heard a lot on the Monday night uh, broadcast last night. They're playing a lot of uh, deep safety, mm-hmm. okay? They're not rushing extra guys. They're basically saying, this is it. hey, we need to play coverage because Aaron Rodgers is so good. So there's a lot. Take it with a grain of salt, but – Just from an offensive line standpoint, I really like how he comes off the ball. I like how aggressive he is. I like how he tries to finish Mm -hmm. blocks. Right, He tries to finish people over the pile. I just like his – he's old school, man. He's like his dad He's old school. I like his demeanor, and he's big enough and physical enough where I think think he has a future. So I don't know what that means moving forward. I'm just saying that last night I became a fan of his – because it was a real regular season game, and I thought he did a good yeah. job. Obviously, Myers being there at center, he he's going to be a good player. I saw him single blocking a lot last night, and doing it and, and doing pretty well. Right. Yeah. You know, across the board, there, you know, all those guys, they had a good game. I just, it was one of those games where they should have had a good game. They're playing against three or four defensive linemen. A lot of times, three on these on these long distance situations, mm-hmm. so they're winning that line of scrimmage, but it's almost by design, yep. right? Having said that, it's like anytime you have that many touchdowns, that many sustained drives, the quarterback's staying relatively clean throughout the night, yep. Yep. right? If they got, it was usually coverage sacks when they got when they got to him. So you, you got to be happy with the way those guys are performing, especially given the fact that you have to play a lot of young players, exactly. man.
1: Exactly, and I saw you know you're talking about how you know offense kept Aaron clean and that part of the scheme. You know, it had I know he had what well, he was 22 for 27. And if you look at the routes, you look at the pass completion, the only big one he had was, I believe, in the second quarter, the over the top pass on the sidelines to Devontae Adams. But everything was back to what he's what he, you know, what he likes to, I would say, I don't know if it is what Aaron likes to do, but I know what LaFleur likes to do, get the ball out of his quarterback's hand fast. And that's something he learned from McVay being out there in Los Angeles. So I saw that where Aaron was holding the ball not very long, you know. And you and I say for any quarterback, you kind of want that early in the season. Because you want them, obviously, not to get hit, but also you want them to get in rhythm. And then when you have three-step drop passes, that helps them get in rhythm. And then eventually, then you have the run game clicking like they did in this game. Then you could go to the play action, where now you could play action seven, eight-step drops to get these big throws and a big, uh, you know, big routes completed. But then that comes later into the season, as you see teams as – you know, come midseason, they settled into their defensive scheme, they settled into their offensive scheme, and they get comfortable, then that's when basically offensive coordinators, and defensive coordinators earn their money. You know, then they're starting to put in defenses and offenses to try to beat, really beat a team because they got to know how to do it and how to find the weaknesses, you know, for each team. So um, that's something I saw. I, I like what Lafleur did along with Hackett and you know, with the offense there and the defense as well coming along. You think
0: about it too, bro, like to, to, to your point, Rodgers missed probably three big throws, yeah. like right on the fingertips, right? Or just yep. a foot away. So you take – it was basically the, the plan worked to – unlike last week where we're kind of all scratching our head, like what is uh, – what is I don't understand what sure we're right. doing. This worked to perfection. We just actually missed – and he was like – at some point they said he was like 16 for 16 mm-hmm. on second and third down with like four – I mean, just some ridiculous numbers. Guy's amazing. But he did – he overthrew a couple that he wants back, I'm sure – and sure. if you put those on tape as well, now it's like, it's all you can eat, right? Because now everybody's happy, yep. right? Adams is getting a deep ball. Zard's getting his deep ball. MBS is getting his deep ball. Tenny's getting the ball yeah. down the middle. I mean, you're everyone's eating. And when everyone's eating, it's like, man, who's – it's like you watch the Saints game versus the Ravens, right? And, and they're like, I, we got to take one guy away. And they're like, well, okay, what about all the other guys? <laughs> right, that's a problem. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, we'll take a retiree kill. Yeah, they take a retiree Kill. It's like, oh, okay, well, uh, we still got this tight end's pretty good. Like, we'll go ahead and give the ball to him then. Whatever you guys want to do. Yeah, we it out. I mean, we'll, we're, we lost the game, but we still dropped thirty-five points. Exactly. Right? We gotta figure this so. out.
1: We gotta figure this out. And uh, so we'll get on moving on to get off our lawn. So we're gonna figure out a whole bunch of stuff. We got a whole lot of stuff we're about to get off our line about. And I say the first one um, I'm gonna throw out there is the taunting. Uh, again, taunting again is back. All right, <laughs> I think this is gonna be a running. A running thing throughout the whole season for both of us this will be a yeah this is going to be a weekly segment so starting off the first tawny that i was like huh was uh the, in the Bengals bears game where dalton they're in the end zone and the uh, Bengals blitz dalton in the end zone and they in the but you know the blitzer really didn't get there but he got there and, and i think uh, dalton threw an incomplete pass or it got tipped and the db was just celebrating that it was an incomplete pass and I guess because he was still within five yards of Dalton, he got a flag. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> I'm like, get off my line. He is just – he made a play. Like, he's in the end zone. Obviously, the goal – if if when the offense is on the end zone, the goal for a defense, obviously, is what? Get a safety. So you're, you're trying to put pressure on him. They send a safety in there. Even though he doesn't get the sack, he does disrupt the play. It's an incomplete pass. Dalton couldn't get the ball out in time. And he's celebrating the incomplete pass. And just for him celebrating within, he was literally standing next. I think he actually, he I think he kind of bumped the referee. But in his celebration, because you know the referees come in real fast thinking that you know they want to break up a yep. fight or something. But they get hit. And in, unintentionally, I think it was a hit. And in celebration, the referee tossed the flag. And I'm like, come on. So it gives the Bears that 15-yard penalty. They, they get off the goal line. Now all the, all the pressure that was on the Bears' offense now is gone. So I'm like, come on. With these... You know, with these taunting flags, as like we, we talked about it last week. We're going to talk about it. We're going to keep talking about this thing to figure out who is in, uh, making these decisions on what it is. So i am say, get off my line with that one, with that call. Even though this is a Bears game and I'm a Packer, I got to say, get off my line with that one because that was just. A, get, get off my, my of line. Come on, let's go. So I think the next one, <laughs> the next one is you yeah, coming we, up we, here.
0: There are so many taunting calls, right? Yeah, dude. I mean, there's so many. It, these are just. I turned on a game from. I, I, this is an old right. thing, right? I I had access. I had access to video this weekend. I had it. I had an iPad, so I was I was messing around with somebody. I was waiting for a game to finish, and I looked on the iPad, and it turns out that there was tape from 2008, which is my last right. year in the league. So my my son was sitting on the couch, and I was like, "Man, I'm gonna put on the C, the Seahawks tape because like the first two games of the Seahawks that that year, I was still healthy. My shoulder wasn't Correct. bothering me. So I was like, "I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show." my son that old man used to be able to play a little bit, right? <laughs> so I turn on this game and I swear to God, he says this to me. He says, uh, he says, he watched about five clips. He goes, he's like, man, is this game in fast forward? Like what's going on? Because it's just, there's so much more violence. Like you're pushing people over the piles. You're taking people low. There's hits to the head. There's, it's just a different Do game it. now. Right. And so it's so hard for us to watch this in the last bastion of sanity for old people is can we at least talk some trash still? And there a dude got a first down. I think it was it was either the, the Niners game or the Washington football team game, and he spun the ball. Like you yeah. see Keyshawn yeah. Johnson do on NFL Live every damn yeah. day. Right? Make it happen, right? He spun the ball, but unfortunately he was facing east. Like he was facing the wrong Direction. He was facing the sideline of the opposing team, and he got a penalty. And to me, it's like, what are we trying to accomplish? And we, you and I, talked about the one in the Seahawks game. Dude breaks up a pass on Julio Jones. Just gets up and just does a quick flex. What are you supposed
1: to do? That's the best receiver they got. The personality
0: is part of the game. Oh my god! It's this. I don't know. I know who. Let me put it this way. I know who Julio Jones is. I don't know who the other guy right. is. So if I'm the other guy and I made a big play on Julio Jones, I'm pretty damn excited. Right. And I'm going to go ahead and do the, one of these because I'm pretty excited. I just made a big play in front of my parents, hopefully watching on TV. <laughs> and now I get a 15-yard penalty for taunting. Wait, the best part about this whole thing to me is, right. bro, is J.C. Treder, the offensive lineman who's yep. the NFLPA yeah, president, the finally came out and said, hey, we hate this too. And just so everybody knows, we're going to make this public. The commissioner of the NFL is the one that is, that is designating 10 out of the 11 spots on the competition committee for these taunting penalties. So basically what he's saying to everybody is all of y'all can get off our lawn because we hate this nonsense. We know it's not part of the game. We know it's not helping anybody. And I don't know what demographic we're trying to uh, entice to watch the game by not letting us flex a little bit or spin the ball to a sideline. Mm-hmm. Or or be excited that you had Dalton uh, throw a ball away in a big situation, but come on, man, this is too much. Get off my line. Yeah, get lawn. off my
1: line with that. So the next one is you. You got uh, how how bad commentators oh, are. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah,
0: I'm listening to this
1: game. Which game? I, what are you talking I, about? I the Packers this game, because, or just another game in the league?
0: Uh no. So I'm I'm, I'm watching I'm watching the I'm the Texans yeah, okay. game. Okay. Texans
1: Browns uh, game.
0: And here's the deal, right? How do they how do they run these things? Usually, they have they have a straight guy, like a straight man, like a guy who's like a color commentator, right? Ex-player. So yep. they got one guy who's like kind of telling you play with and then they got one who, they got one of us, they got an ex-athlete chirping about this, that, and the other thing, trying to give you some insight. But what happens, right, is they're at some point those guys who 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 talk who talk like we do, they all of a sudden go corporate and they start. They're came, like they're trying to they're trying to get sound bites. They're trying to be popular on Instagram. Like it just turns into nonsense, right. man. And so and so they start hating on guys and, oh. and forgetting that like the, you, we play the game right. too. You right. know what I'm saying? So I'm listening to some of these guys and and I'm watching this game. Now I I know the background on both of these teams really. I know guys on both sides, coaches, Correct. players. I know guys really okay. well. And the nonsense that is coming out of the booth about what happened last week, what's going on over here, what this guy's seeing, I'm a Good Lord, and it just reminded me the best thing that I've ever seen from a commentary standpoint. And there's some look. Tony Rome was unbelievable. I thought John Gruden was the best of right. all time. I think uh who's old boy on Monday Night Football? Uh, he used to be a pro personnel guy. Uh yeah, Louis Riddick. Riddick Louis it, Riddick's he, the best he, guy going right exactly, now. He does to a me, a great job. Louis Riddick is absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah I told. I mean, he's uh, he's amazing. And in, in fact, I don't watch the Peyton Eli thing. Because I want to listen to Lewis Riddick. That's how good I think <laughs> Lewis Riddick is. I think Peyton Man's a pretty entertaining guy. Yeah. you know what I mean. But I want I want to listen what Lewis Riddick has to say about the game. I think he's super he smart, is. and the way he delivers information is 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 is, is interesting to me and to a, just a, a regular sure. fan. But the best thing I've ever seen in my life is, dude. NBC used to run English Premier League soccer games. Okay, and they, because they're they're so far forward. They used to run them like nine hours ahead of Pacific Coast uh, um, out here right. in the U.S. And what they would do is they would take fans and they would put a fan from each team in the stand in, in the booth. Wow. And they would let them go at wow. it for the whole game. And that's the best. And I don't know why we're not doing <laughs> in that in right football. now. Like I don't know what we've missed out on. But you got to get people in the booth that have an emotional connection to that team and just let them rip out. Because that would be something I would watch every – Lewis Riddick, sorry man. I gotta listen to Joey down the street versus Bobby from Cleveland. Yeah. Like that's really what I want to hear. Right, get, when it's a big rivalry game. But uh, some of these guys uh, talking nonsense like, yeah, man, it some some of these commentators like putting out bad information about oh my players God, yes. that just isn't true. Man, get off my line. Just tell yeah. the truth. I guess it's been going it, on forever, but it, it has been. I hate it. It has
1: been. I agree with you. Like 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 listening to um, you know, I say the Packers radio because I was I actually went to the game and so I'm listening to the radio feed so it's Larry McCarran and Wayne Larravee and listen to Larry you know God bless his soul he's been doing it a long time he's he's up there in age we both know this and he's also oh, a fellow for you he's a fellow <laughs> offensive lineman but some of the things that like he's he like, was the, 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 there, there like, are guys like he was meant he was trying to say words that he could not even finish and I'm like me and Chuki, and Chuki was there, Chuki Noir, you know, the lineman that came from the Colts and came to yeah, us yeah. in 03. So me and Chuki are looking at each other in the stands like, did he just try to say momentum? And he said moment. He just said moment. I mean he was and the way he brought it up was like He's trying to act like Stephen A. Smith with those five silver right. words. And <laughs> I'm like, and I'm sitting there looking at Chuki. It's like, I think he tried to say momentum, but didn't finish it. Or we were just giving him the benefit of the doubt. It's like, hey. come on, come on. Uh uh, Larry, is like
0: we a- ag bro. I love Larry and Wayne. I love right. them, right? I love them right. both. They're like, fa- I mean, Packers are like family Correct. to us, right? Everybody's like family, but, but, <laughs> but, but. <laughs> if you listen to Sirius XM for the last fifteen years, there's a channel, and they'll you can find their their feed on the on yes. the channel. I okay? think I've heard they that day. I've heard that every now and then. Yes. Okay, so you can hear it. And I just—here's the thing, man. Because you got to remember, I didn't go back to Green Bay for like ten years. So anything I anything I saw, I was just hearing. I was watching the game, hearing Larry and Wayne Correct. talk. And I just started fi- like it just became obvious. If you know the guys, it's like, man, I'm think this their time together should be coming to an end. I'm not sure they like being in the same booth together anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like. Like they needed, I think, I feel like they needed marriage counseling for a while, man. Yeah,
1: like, that can happen. I believe oh, that could happen, it, you know. Yeah, with commentators, oh, yeah, I think, yeah, that can happen. And I say, you know, we go back to the bad commentating. It's like when sometimes they have a player and the color person there, the host and the player in there, the player, like you said, they get they forget they were players at one point in time, and they're, they're, they're just spewing yeah. out stuff to appease the producer in their ear and i'm like come on i was like yeah. you get you can't go out there and say like if it's a you know not just you know certain not, i'm not putting out no particular commentator but commentators have all commentators that are on currently right now espn fox sports cbs have done it at least one time probably most likely except for lewis riddick because he under he still remembers that he was a player and he, then he was personnel after that but players have said this player is playing terrible right now. He sucks. When I hear a player say that, I'm like, come on, man. Like, get off my lawn. Don't sit there and talk about telling me that you didn't play a perfect game or, you know, that you play all your games were perfect, that you didn't fumble the ball, you didn't throw an interception, you didn't miss an assignment out there where you look like you shouldn't have been playing in the NFL. So don't go out there and say in a commentation, oh, you suck, or this quarterback sucks, this wide receiver is terrible, this offensive line should not be playing in the league. Like, what are you talking about? You know you're a human being, you yeah, made man. that mistake. So that's where I I feel I see when I see comment when I hear commentators say that, I'm like, hey, get off my lawn with that." Because you know as a player, you didn't got your butt kicked <laughs> on a play where oh. then it showed up on film that next week because you know on Sundays what you thought you didn't see or you didn't you didn't think people saw, then everybody sees it in that Monday morning film review. You see you your butt getting kicked by the opposing team player at your position, you know, opposite of you. That's when you be like, you gotta realize as a commentator. Hey, you know what? Let me pop my brakes. This guy got his butt kicked. Up, that's just that one play. You gotta let it go. But don't say, "Oh, this player sucks." So get off my lawn with that comment right there.
0: Yeah. Hey, I want to add one thing to that. I, I I love what you're saying. It's totally true, and it's just the the thing that I like to I always like to think about because you see it on like NFL Live. Like this goes back years yes. and years and years where guys are like. Hey man, I was a I was a six year backup quarterback, and I'm telling you how bad like Pate Manning is. Right, like, you know, like something's some just so absurd. And it's always it has always been to me like you have to acknowledge that where you were, and you you should not hold anybody as a player, as a former player, you should not hold anybody to a higher standard than you held for exactly. yourself in that situation. And I think that's like that's the easiest rule of thumb, yep. right? Just hold yourself if hold these guys to at least. The, st- the standard that you were, and just be honest with it. Like, hey, we've we've talked about some guys here that have struggled, but usually prefaced with the fact that, like, at least on my end, man, like, I had some mighty struggles trying to figure out how to ro- go from an option offense for one year at Navy to play NFL lineman. Like, it's hey, tough, yeah. right? I understand how tough the game is. I just like to see some behaviors with some of these guys that that show you, that lead, lead you to the, the conclusion that they're going in the right direction. Exactly.
1: exactly. So uh, another one you got up here is uh, alcohol-free tailgating <laughs> oh. in Cleveland. Oh, please, oh, please, please tell it. me. I, I, I got to hear this. Let me know about this
0: one. <laughs> uh, I, I'm scrolling through. Bar, Barstool Sports is unfortunately the way that I get, like, half of my news <laughs> content. So, so I'm scrolling through Barstool, and they're like, man, they got – like, you are not allowed to have alcohol at the Cleveland Tailgater this weekend. Really? I'm thinking to myself – yeah, I'm thinking to myself. Hey, 700 miles away in Buffalo, New York, there are dudes jumping off vans and through tables right now <laughs> that have been drinking for 48 hours, and you put a ban on alcohol at a football game in America, and it's not a high school game. <laughs> yeah, get off my. What are we trying to do? We might as well. Hey, just go ahead and stay home. Everybody got to knit a sweater before the game. I, I, I just. This seems like the least amount. Hey, the fun. Pol- the fun police have gotten off the taunting, got on their carts, gone out. Oh, man. They've they, they gone out to the parking lot and like, hey, no fun out right. here either. No fun. You want a spot. You no want, want a spot of
1: tea, governor? That's what they're saying. <laughs> 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 Give me a spot of tea. You want, you, want, you want a lemon with your or honey with your tea uh, <laughs> instead of your Bud Light or your uh, Michelob or your Medellos? You know, it's not it's not going down. I mean, to hear this in Cleveland of all places where they dog pound, you know, right. they got one of the uh, most talked-about fan base uh, in, the, in the league, and then you're telling me that the tailgating, free alcohol. I'm like, just imagine here in Green Bay. You know, uh, so you're talking about you want to come about another 700 miles west to Lambeau Field where you tell the fans in Lambeau, don't bring no alcohol here. It's going to be a riot. People will lose oh. their mind. I mean, it was already bad we had COVID where they couldn't come to the stadium. But now you, you tell them, oh, you could come to the stadium, but when you park on, on, on site, you can't have alcohol.
0: AG, <laughs> you? Hey, you realize in Cleveland, people are wearing dog yes! masks, like they're dressing up. Now, you can those are not things you do so bad. No. I know this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. It's like, like hey, you, go put on a go go paint your face like a dog and and put a chain nah, on. it. Uh, we're gonna go to the dog doctor. Right, oh, and you and you want me to I'll just drink a, a seltzer water?
1: No. Nah. No. Nah. Not oh yeah, no, all right I'm gonna put a piece of cheese on my head, real or not, and and then and, and yeah, wear right. no shirt outside when it's thirty five below zero. <laughs> I think that's actually how people exactly die, is,
0: they, is is you, you do that stone if you if you go outside thirty five below zero well, and no t shirt. And, and no, stone, and, and stone, stone sober, sober right? You're, I'm, you're I'm not, not a done. doctor. I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure that's how people die. <laughs>
1: because they don't have that internal warmth from the alcohol. You know, you know. Oh, my God. So, yeah, get off my line with that one, Cleveland. Body's working yeah, over Get off my line with that one, Cleveland. So, the last oh, one man. here is uh, another one of yours. You put Hayden on the Ravens offense. So, where, where where are you going with this one?
0: Oh, this – well, here's the deal. I, I, I you got to remember, I grew up – I went to the Naval Academy. Yep. We, we ran the tour right? So, uh, we ran a lot of this stuff. And they actually hired or brought in Paul Johnson, my old coach, as a consultant oh. last okay. year to, to help understand – we have this really, really unique talent in Lamar Jackson. How are we going to make the most out of this situation, right? right? And I absolutely love how they th- – their whole philosophy has always been – like the Baltimore Ravens are one of those franchises you just put up on a top-tier pedestal, right? right? Of They do everything right, always tough to play. Defensively, they're oh, just tough-nosed guys, uh, know their scheme back and forth, like just really, real students of the game. Offensively, they're doing something that is just not traditional. Just not traditional. See how that's – Dude, you know why your dog's mad? Because of the dog (laughs) dog pound thing. Quiet, doggies. (laughs) (laughs) But you think about – Just because it's not traditional, he doesn't fit the mold. Everyone's always hating on him. This man is – You have to – When you have generational athletic talent, Mm -hmm. you have to find a way to take the most advantage of it. And they, I think they've just done this amazing job. They're, they've led the league in rushing the last two yes. years. They're scoring an amazing amount of touchdowns. And, keep, oh, the, someone's going to figure it out. Someone's going to figure it out. Oh, he can't. This isn't sustainable. Man, le, le, just enjoy it for what it is. A once-in-a-generation talent being used in the right way to maximize his skill set. It's awesome to watch. I love it, man. Get off my lawn to those people who do oh, so yeah, yeah.
1: Innovation is a real thing, gotcha. people. So you're hating on the fans, hating on the Ravens offense and how good they are. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm hating on the experts and all yes. the people.
0: All, all the people who are like, man, this this offense. I don't see this offense on Madden. What do it I do? It is on Madden.
1: Like it is. I play Madden. This huh? offense is on Madden. Oh, it's on Madden. Yes. I mean, you know what i You know what I, I mean? Though, right? like
0: everyone's like, man, I, this doesn't fit the mold of what I'm used to. Nah. This doesn't fit the mold of what I'm used to. This guy. This isn't. This isn't going to show up. This is why they fail in the right. playoffs. No, nah. nah, man. But if you know, there's other reasons for that. But this guy's. This guy is amazing. I agree. He's got an amazing I, I ability. Agree. Just you, just enjoy
1: it. Stop complaining. Exactly, it's just what it is. A lot of people, you know, that I say prior, a little bit north of us in age, are used to the drop back quarterback. They're used to Tom Brady. They're used to Joe Montana. Guys that I love watching. You know, I grew up watching Joe, Joe Montana, and then obviously when Tom came around as well. But then Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, all Peyton Manning. We can name you know twenty drop back quarterbacks. That that was that. That was their M O. Drew Brees had just retired. Dropping back three step five-step, six-step, with a hitch, all that. Why we played during our time, that was the quarterback. But what I knew coming out of Nebraska, like you coming out of Navy, I knew about the triple option. I knew about the wishbone option and the, and the read option. RPOs before, I, we knew what RPOs was before it became the trend word to say in commentation. So we knew that because of our college days. So when I started to see you know, what Colin Kaepernick did at 49ers with John Harbaugh, and then now Lamar, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, all them guys doing it now. I'm loving it. I'm So I'm agreeing with you as well. Get, don't hate on these guys. It's not just the Ravens offense. It's a lot of offenses that have the quarterbacks that can do what Lamar Jackson can do. Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. um, uh, Josh Allen in Buffalo. He, they have the ability to get out the pocket, make a defensive end, basically crap his pants, be like, oh, man, I can't catch this kid because he's faster than me, and he didn't broke the pocket. And now, not only as do I have to try to run him down, i got to figure out if he's keeping the ball or if he's reading me as the defensive end to pitch it or give it to the fullback or the tailback or throw it to the wide receiver on the outside edge for a wide receiver screen. So I love the formations because now it brings me back to my college days, which I knew as a player then. I said, if this offense ever sneaks into the NFL and you have the people to run this offense, it's going to be a problem. You know, I played at Nebraska with a guy by the name of Tommy Frazier. And I knew if he had the opportunity to play in the NFL and they brought the option offense to the NFL with Tommy Frazier running it, it was going to be a problem. Defensive coordinators were going to lose hair and sleep on how I'm going to stop this guy. But now we have it. We don't have Tommy Frazier. We have somebody way faster than Tommy in Lamar Jackson. Colin Murray that are back there running an offense as we know as players, because you're your offense alignment. You played at Navy. You knew how to, you know, you knew what the scheme was. You're going to run the ball until you bludgeon them in the head with it, until they stop you. It was the same in Lincoln. We're going to run the ball until we basically we could be fourth and fifteen. We're going to still run this ball <laughs> and get a first down, most likely. Yeah. Because it's the option offense week. It puts the defense in positions where they got to make decisions. If you're going to cover the quarterback. Or if you're gonna cover the running back or the fullback, you got three options that you gotta figure out as a defensive player. You gotta teach them, you got okay, you're going to the fullback, you're going to the quarterback, and you got to cover the running back. And if any one of those players make the mistake and don't do their job, they're getting they're gonna get destroyed. And that's what happened. And so now the fans are catching up to what we know about the option offense, Mike. It's like it's a problem if you have a player that can do what Lamar Jackson does in that offense and he is doing it and i love it as well it is beautiful when i see him running you know read options to throwing it to keeping it and running up the field making plays with his legs
0: you know that the uh just as as an end note for the for the
1: fans out there
0: uh when naval academy kids in the 90s are growing Mm up uh and they're they're finally in the big academy they're playing triple option when we go to sleep at night we we dream that we're playing for Nebraska. (laughs)
1: Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Ah, oh, that's right. a new one. Hey, hey, who who's
0: the guy for you right now? Who's the guy for you right now? Is it Kyler Murray, or Lamar Jackson? You have to start your franchise right now, knowing what you know, seeing what you've right. seen. You like Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray is it? He's diminutive.
1: Yeah. He's, uh, he's diminutive.
0: But it's almost like you remember. Do you remember the old like when you watch an old a tape reel film with the with the old Kansas yeah. film, and they turn it on? And you're like, bro, is that? Like is the, is the film moving fast? Or just him. <laughs> That's how Kyler Murray looks compared to everybody else on the field, true, bro. True. I mean, Lamar Jackson is that fast, but Kyler Murray looks that fast. Like you don't even know what's happening. I I don't know who I would take. They're both amazing, amazing players, but they're a little bit different skill set just because of their body yeah, type.
1: Definitely skill set. I say right. I know what. I know what. I know Kyler what he has a little bit of advantage over. He has the same background skill set as Pat Mahomes. He has a baseball background. So his uh, his throwing ability is a little okay. bit more accurate and a little bit on point than Lamar Jackson. But I, I like Lamar Jackson's running a lot better. I like the way he runs the ball. He runs it more like Lamar yeah.
0: Jackson is to watch Lamar Jackson run the ball, yeah. dude. He I'm runs like, like a running
1: back, but then he can flip back to his quarterback, uh, mindset and and read the pocket and watch you know, look keep his eyes downfield to see what refi- receiver is coming open or when he needs to take off and run. Yeah, so that I'm still, I would say I'm in the Lamar Jackson boat. I'm, I'm I'm out in Baltimore right now, you know, and I run that playbook. That's what I run on Madden. I pick uh, the Ravens. I run the you know the Ravens playbook, and they have a, a it's a it's a beautiful playbook with triple option. They got you know the running back get it to the tailback getting it to the fullback get it to even a wide receiver getting it on a um, option play. So they have a lot a lot going on. It's a hard ball out there in Baltimore. He has something special. So just like we we're gonna say, get off my line and shake them haters off in the Ravens offense, get off my line with that. They have an offense is here to stay, um, and it's gonna it's gonna hurt a lot of people's feelings <laughs> throughout this season and seasons to come while Lamar Jackson right. is uh, running that offense. So um, all right, getting down here to wrap up the show. So we're looking at things that we were watching. So um, I have on here it says, Well, the defense, so this was something um, you know, going into the game, obviously, going into the Packers and uh Detroit Lions game is and we kind of hit on this stuff already you know with that it's will the defense learn how to pass off receivers you already hit on that already already you know and that's just a communication thing you know basically we I remember you know in practices hearing
0: yeah well it is but it's but all I was going to say is like if we look forward right because we, we kind of let, let's let's look at these now as AG as as what we're going to look at for the next game
1: gotcha gotcha
0: have we learned how to pass off receivers? Right. No. We have. To, we've had two <laughs> weeks now where we have these. Yeah, we have problems. Right. Now you brought yep. in a new D coordinator. You got thirty-eight dropped on your head. Okay. And let's face it. Like, I know. I know that the Lions did not score a lot of points last right. night. But I don't think anybody. Like, if you if you got on Twitter last night for the first quarter and a half of that game, first hour of that game, I would imagine that there's not a lot of nice things being said about. How we are running, the, how the defense is operating, Correct. right? Okay, so what I'm saying is, as we move forward, this is this is like cheat code stuff for an offensive coordinator or a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Okay, these guys don't switch very well. These guys aren't passing they're off. They're not talking. These guys have communication not ta- issues. Yeah, it's
1: like they're not talking.
0: They're not okay. talking. So, right. So, what what are we going to focus on during the week to ensure that, at the very least, bro, our commu- like you you when you look at a team you go okay these guys are really good athletes these guys know these guys are good i look mm-hmm. at this are you really good at the basics of your sport right can you tackle that's it right bill belichick what makes a good pl- a defensive player oh we like to we like to hire guys that can tackle right <laughs> can you tackle do you understand concepts yep right do you know your playbook can you communicate because communication and knowledge go hand in hand like in other words I don't know what I'm talking about if I can't teach it to you, exactly. right? I'm not a master of, uh, of the playbook unless I can teach it to you. And if I can do that and you can do that, then we're going to be able to communicate at a high level. So what it shows me is, for whatever reason, we're missing that component right now. We, we just don't have what we'll, we'll just call playbook mastery, right. right? Because we're not able to communicate at that high level needed to be successful. So when are we get? How are we going to fix that? That would be like that. That's my biggest question on right. defense. How are we going to fix? Yeah, because that?
1: Those, those 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 miscommunications, those are first downs that need to be stopped. Those are touchdowns that need to, need to be kept out of, kept out of the end zone because of simple crossing routes. If you're not bouncing that call from a, if you're in zone and you got you gotta bounce it because you can't run out of your zone. That's a problem. So I definitely agree with that. So now the next question for them is the for you know for the Packers offense or part Packers team. The formula for success is established uh, with a, with the run or key pass game we can lean on. And so, they, did they establish that identity this week? I say a little bit. They did to a little bit. They didn't run it up. But what I did notice with the run, they still got some work there because in certain situations when they just had a straight up run formation, they went backwards with uh, with Aaron Jones. You know, he got the ball. He got the ball. He took about two or three steps up the field. Then all of a sudden, he was landing on his back. So that means they got a little bit of work there in establishing the run, you know, making that effort, really making a wholehearted effort. Because I say establishing a run takes three to five positive run plays, not going backwards. Mm -hmm. You know, when you go backwards, that means, okay, I got to run this again. Because something, either my offense alignment's timing's off or the running back is not reading his uh, run fits correctly. So I'm going to run it two more, three more times, positive yards, to to, set, to let that defense know and let that defensive coordinator know, look, we're going to run the ball. And I, when I run it as a coordinator, if I'm an offensive coordinator calling these plays, I want three to five yards every time we run the ball. Because then I know then I could second down and five, that's an easy decision better than a second and eight when calling when making play calls. So I say they have a little bit more working there, getting a the run game established, because obviously the run game then falls into the key pass game, the play action game off of that. Which, what are your thoughts, Mike?
0: Yeah, sure for sure. And and again, the way that the Lions played uh defense with playing too deep, not having that safety up in the box as much, uh, playing a lot a lot, sometimes playing some three man line, and just not having those backers hit, hit gaps on, on the run game, you have this maybe compared to the Saints game, you have maybe a false sense of security. Whereas I think there's still a little bit of a ways to go with a young interior offensive line, maybe most importantly, understanding that We're not going to have a ton of success if we, A, go straight downhill, or, B, just do straight drop back because, if anything else, we have all the positions uh, covered, every every other position Mm -hmm. covered, but you do have some young, talented, albeit, but young guys in the middle, and we need to give them, like, can we establish this, this zone, outside run, keep pass game, play action pass game, and over the course of the first eight weeks and really give them a t- you know, that time to develop, mm-hmm. right, and have and find success and get into rhythms and have confidence in, in what they're doing because they're going to be good. Like, you can just tell. And, yes, they, and for sure. Stanovich is a great line coach, right? I think he's done an incredible job over the last couple of years. So I think they have all the ingredients to be super successful, but you do have to kind of spread out um, – the way that you call plays and mix mm-hmm. it up, and not just turn into a, a shotgun drop back team, because for a young interior offensive line, not even from a play call or a play, uh, call, excuse me, um, the center making all his calls, right. a communication standpoint, but just an execution standpoint, it's just the most difficult way to play football, right? Yeah. So, can we
1: establish that identity as a as kind of a run first play action pass team and help these guys grow into the exactly. position? Because yeah, mixing it up keeps the defense on their toes. It doesn't keep them knowing that, oh, same formation, they're going to do this. You know, then it, it makes them actually have to work to stop you, you know, as from a defensive side of the ball. So definitely, and uh, that, I definitely agree with that as well. So, and then the last, last couple of questions there, can the Packers get to be creative football on offense? And I'll start that one off as well. So I saw, like I already mentioned, like I saw some of the overload uh, formations they had in there. And then obviously the simple, um, uh, adjustment you could find is when you put a guy in motion. Keep using that. Keep using those um, The tight ends, the, run, the running backs, or the wide receivers, motioning into that bunch formation or motioning out of those bunch or, tri- or trips formation to let you know what the defense is doing. You know, sometimes some defensive coordinators or defensive backs that are smart enough, they might mask it but you can't really mask it for the whole game. You can't officially you sometimes you can't really sh- not show that it's man coverage or cover two zone or cover one. Um but, but then also the overload of the defense of the offensive line having, you know, extra, you know, tight end along with a wide receiver or another tight end to help with run game or it make it set up looking like a run game. I think they just I I think this game right here was the beginning of, you know, showing those those looks that now Obviously, we got the 49ers. They're going out to San Francisco this weekend coming up, so they're going to go out there. And then I'm pretty sure Kyle Shanahan, his defense coordinator now, are looking at now these offensive setups, stuff that obviously Matt Lafleur has has learned from Kyle. But what are they actually doing with this uh, formation? Where are they going to? What they're going to grow from this formation in the next week to come for, the, for going against the 49ers and other teams down the line? That's my thoughts there. <clears throat> yeah, you? for sure.
0: I- yeah, when I when I talk about when I talk about creativity too, for me it's not like it can be very, very simple. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just can we stay away from like we just talked about? Can we just stay away from the straight drawback? Can we give the can we give the opposing defense enough to think about, right? Because what and again, you said it uh, perfectly. Like, why do we do motion in a lot of these situations? Just really just because there's two things. One, we want to know what the defense is playing coverage-wise, mm-hmm. yep. right? And then, two, we want to have the defense need to make necessary checks and communicate right before the ball yeah. starts.
1: Don't make it easy. And that's
0: really why you see some – yeah, you just, don't, you just don't want to make it easy on them. Exactly. So when I talk to creativity, it doesn't need to be some outlandish trick plays and whatnot. It's just can we continue to put them in situations where we can identify what the coverage is and can we make them communicate – before the ball snapped, and just test that every single uh, play of the game. Because if you do those two things, put yourselves in in a, in a position to be successful with the talent that we have mm-hmm. at the level they're accustomed to executing at, with what they put into their professional jobs, and, and you can just tell this this team is is full of a bunch of guys that are just professionals and want to be right. great. You're gonna win a lot of a lot of ball games, and and obviously you know it's it's Super Bowl or bust around here, anyways. Yep. But you could just see that. You see the formula for success here. It is very, very cut and dry. Yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah, don't make it too, you know, I'll say don't make it too complicated for yourself, basically, uh, as a as a player or as a coach, as a, as a team. So, and then the last question, not a little question, but a statement here is uh, we saw a lot of weak points. You know, Lions defense has a lot of weak points uh, for the Packers that they did, I'll say, take advantage of. And we mentioned it uh, earlier where that threshold for the offense and for the players themselves, you know, the caliber that only could get 13, 14 points on the board and actually 17 points on the board. But then also they got they could hold the Packers only to a certain point And then the Packers offense just, you know, basically exploded. So they got a lot of stuff because they'll be seeing Detroit in Detroit later this season. So hopefully. I would say hopefully, but, you know, that will be adjustments for the Lions to take film from this game and look at, okay, we got a better here regardless. So this is the personnel we got. Not much can change between now and the next time we see the Packers coming out, uh, coming out to uh, forward field. So this is the adjustments and the, the weaknesses that we got to get better in for that next game, Mike.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, you, just, you look at it from even looking towards the next game, you got Fred Warner out there. Is he now the the top paid linebacker in the league? You know, definitely, top, definitely top two or three inside backers in the
1: league. Mm-hmm.
0: You got Bosa. You just you got a ton of a ton of talent on that defensive line.
1: Yeah, both of healthy now and coming back.
0: It's going to be a yeah. It, it, it's a different kind of game, right? Just because of that, we talked about it before. Just because the talent level in the box is remarkably different from San Francisco to Detroit, so. We have to help again, help those interior guys be successful, right? Keeping them on schedule, and making sure that we're we're forcing communication, we're forcing adjustments, and we're identifying coverages early and often, so that we can give our quarterback and our receivers, you know, those chances to get hit those big plays uh, over the course of uh, of the four quarters.
1: Yeah, because like, 49ers defense and offense, as we saw in the last two weeks, you know, sitting at two and zero. Um, first in the NFC West and the defense, you know, having Bosa back because he got hurt last year missed most of the season, but then having them young linebackers and that, that make plays, they get back their green law. I think he, uh, um, he might have mm-hmm. a growing little issue, but he, in the first game against the Lions, he had a pick six, you know, and that's the linebacker, you know, so they, they're a little bit more, um, I'll say IQ, high, higher football IQ on that football field, obviously um, mm-hmm. has the size and then they have ability to make the, make the run game a lot more harder than the Lions did uh, for the Packers this past, this um, last night. So yeah, this, this game, and they're going out and, to San Francisco. Okay. They're going out to the enemy territory. Yeah. And,
0: and A.G., one, one last thing about them is uh, obviously Shan, Shanahan, there's, there's some history there. But if anybody wants to get a lesson in, in, in how to have creative uh, run blocking schemes, you can watch the Ravens game. You can also watch the Niners and the way that they attack defenses now they have their line coach, John Benton, is one of the best scheme guys. He's one of the most intelligent uh line coaches I've ever been around. From the his ability to teach unique schemes, put people in bad positions, he is exceptional. Yeah. And so when you watch the way that they'll run their, you know, their their jet sweeps, when they when they bunch everybody in, just like the, the Rams do from time to time, right? And yeah. create all that space outside for their for their speedsters, right? The way that they're they're the The technique that their linemen use to get off double team blocks onto the second level—they are very, very well coached. They have a great scheme, and they're going to present a lot of problems to our defense. So it's going to be that kind of chess match, I think, as well, where this could be this could be a high scoring game if 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 our side can keep up and really crack the code. I think with kind of their box players on defense, yeah.
1: And uh, and it just takes me back to the you know when you're saying the the blocking scheme, and I remember when uh, Harbaugh was still the coach, and I'm seeing you know, a tackle in a a tight end position or the fullback position. And I've seen formations Mm -hmm. come out of that team, you know, the 49ers before, you know, with Harbaugh and now with Shanahan too, same Mm -hmm. offensive formation where I see a whole bunch of tight ends with no wide receivers. (laughs) And they got two backs and they, they're telling you, we're about to run the ball and we're about to trap you. We're about to power you. We're just going to pull off the ball and we're bringing all everybody that's over 300 pounds coming downhill at you. So.
0: Oh, and AG, you know Trent Williams. Is yes, there, right? I'm, I'm looking at the roster Trent right Trent now. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Trent, Trent Williams has hit people so hard that I'm surprised they didn't have to pick their bodies off the ground. Right. And I'm talking about on the run, like second level, pulling out to the left. That guy, he's like a Larry Allen type. The new Larry like correct. he must have ran. He must have he must have run like a four seven in the damn pro day, man. I've never seen a dude that size move like man, he that's does. scary.
1: Yeah, watch. that's fun to watch. Yeah. It, I, I say, I as an offensive player, offensive line, running back, it's great to watch. But as a defensive player, that's when it, that's when the conversation is, uh, "Oh, I'm making a business decision here. <laughs> I'm not taking him on." <laughs>
0: oh, you think, hey, dude? You remember? Remember the Larry Allen flu, right? Like, I bet you there's a Trent Williams flu. Oh, so, for Larry, sure. for those who don't know, Larry. Larry Allen is a Hall of Fame guard for the Dallas Cowboys. One of the most feared humans in football for for uh, you know two decades, Correct. probably. He had a seven hundred pound bench press. He was just nice dude, but Let's this stop. one of the scariest human beings I've ever okay. been around. And uh, people would literally get sick on Friday before the game, and we and you know when they had to play Larry, and it would be like, oh, I guess you got the Larry Allen flu, and dudes would just. Ah, uh, you know, I'm not feeling too good on the sideline. They might try it out the first quarter, right. but he would put those hands on you when he was in his prime. If he put those hands on you, some bad, you know, it was there were some bad intentions behind those punches, man. And guys would take themselves out of the game talking about, ah, oh, my stomach's upset. Oh, I, you know, I don't think I can go anymore. And it was, it was a legitimate, I mean, think about what a scary human you have to be, correct, for that to be in the professional football league. For that to be a real thing. And Trent Williams is that kind of like he's he hits people like that. He reminds me of Larry Allen. Like, man, there must be some Trent Williams food coming up. Not not with our guys. Don't worry about that. But I wouldn't I wouldn't blame him, I guess is what I'm saying. This guy's right, amazing.
1: Right. And, yeah. I've heard things. I've seen things But uh what he does to our defensive alignment, you know, when he gets that when he comes off the ball well. So and he does. He's a pro bowler. He's gonna potentially be a Hall of Famer as well in terms of Trent Williams. But uh oh man, I love it. I love it. Uh, My great show. Uh, that is the end of the show here. So, um, guys everybody tuning in, you know, definitely go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Apple, you know, um, iHeartRadio, wherever you download your podcast. Rate us, review us, give us your opinion. That's how we get better. We love the feedback. We are athletes. We don't care what you say. It it helps us get better. And uh, then also follow us on Twitter. on 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 my block is the Twitter handle on there. And then again, follow us, like us there, retweet us, share us. Uh, all that information and and, then we'll be back next week to recap the 49ers the Packers going out to San Francisco and playing the 49ers this coming weekend so hope everyone have a good week Mike great talking to you and uh see you and talk to you next week buddy all right brother